South Rons. We are gathered for another episode of the show all about the South. This is the Y'all Show. John Rawl in with you on this Thursday edition. We've got the latest coming out of Middle Tennessee with the awful tornado outbreak that happened early Tuesday. Putnam County and Cookville, Tennessee hit extremely hard. We've got an update there from that town about 60 miles east of Nashville. More info coming there, and as well as an update as the National Weather Service has gone in and updated that tornado to an EF4. It was originally reported as an EF3 and a horrible, horrible tornado that cut a swath through Middle Tennessee 50 miles long. We'll have more info on that. Plus, Wednesday, we had a storm in the central portion of Mississippi, and that caused a lot of damage. I don't have any any injuries or death information, thankfully, coming out of the Magnolia State. But more almost springtime bad weather going on. We're not quite to spring, although we are springing forward this weekend. Reminder to set your clocks forward come Sunday. Also on today's Y'all Show, in addition to what's going on with tornadoes and bad weather, we've got more coronavirus information to pass along here on today's Y'all Show, and we also have other headlines coming in from across the Southeast. Later this hour, we have our Festive South feature, and we're going to look at some great events going on across the Southeast here in the month of March, and I'm seeing more and more places, especially in the Pacific Northwest, canceling basketball games and other events and concerts and such hopefully none of our great festivals here in the south are going to be impacted by this coronavirus outbreak as so as i tell you this today you might want to double check if you're interested in going to any of these great events all this coming from the southeast tourism society they put out their monthly top 20 events and we'll read off a few of those going on in the south here in the month of march hour two today books are going to be on our mind big time we start out the hour with a quick look at the new york times bestsellers both in the fiction and non-fiction categories and then i don't know if this book's quite on the bestseller list but it ought to be as we're going to have the author of stealth war brigadier general retired from the air force robert spaulding the third he'll be our very special guest and he'll talk about his book that has to do with china and with the coronavirus going on right now this book is a wonderful read as general spaulding was once based in china he's a chinese expert he worked in the pentagon he worked with the white house and was part of the administration and now has penned this new book stealth war and he'll discuss the coronavirus and a whole lot more General Robert Spaulding III, the author of Stealth War, our very special guest in Hour 2. And as we wrap up this Thursday, y'all, we'll have our look at the SEC basketball big time. This is the last week of SEC men's regular season, and we'll give you the latest as the Kentucky Wildcats have already clinched the regular season title as they're working their way to Nashville next week. We had some scores going on to pass along Wednesday night. What's going on here on this Thursday lineup? And then we've got the full lineup of the last day of SEC regular season play Saturday. We'll pass that along. And right now in Greenville, South Carolina at Bon Secours Wellness Arena there in downtown Gville. This week, it's the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. We had two games on Wednesday. We'll pass along those scores and give you the bracket for the Women's Tournament as part of our SEC Spotlight, plus a little SEC football news and the lineup for the SEC baseball games going on. This is the final weekend of SEC their SEC teams playing college baseball. Their non-conference schedule winds up this weekend. Next week, it's SEC play going forward. And we'll tell you the lineup here 
for what's going to be week four of college baseball, all as part of our SEC spotlight. We would love to hear from you. Our email address here on the Y'all Show is y'allshow at y'all.com, Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W at Y-A-L-L dot com. Our website is y'all.com. Our Facebook page, y'all.com on Facebook. You can go there and like it and you'll get all the updates, all the stories, all the Y'all Show episodes posted right there. And it's it's completely free in a world where everybody's trying to rip you off the y'all show and y'all.com are your friends in the south so please please we're asking for your help to grow our numbers please like our facebook page and please bookmark our y'all.com website and go there early and often as we have so many great content going up a couple of hours a day you can find new brand new stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else including the y'all show posted at y'all.com and we would love for you to be a part of the y'all family and let's get into the headlines here across the southeast as we get this day's show going again in middle tennessee that storm that happened on early tuesday morning the tornado that started really right there north of downtown nashville and i think they call that the germantown area really right around where the cumberland river is just to the north of downtown frankly it's right where the tennessee titans practice facility is there that big bubble rather ugly bubble in the metro center area that's where this storm really started up and then it went on a 50 mile tear going through davidson county on into wilson county you had death in both davidson county tennessee and in wilson county mostly around mount juliet and then it moved eastward uh, i guess it hit smith county which is carthage tennessee i think i got the county name the home county of one al gore by the way and then it ended up going to putnam county and this storm in putnam county was absolutely horrible and the national weather service by the way updated its survey of the tornado as it was in putnam county tennessee where cookville is and nws has now reclassified the tornado there as an ef4 tornado with 175 mile per hour winds when it came through early tuesday now we have also an update from putnam county i know it's easy to focus on nashville and the devastation there was terrible you had loss of life but our hearts just break for putnam county they have had 18 fatalities in that one county 88 injuries in putnam county tennessee 60 miles to the east of nashville and there's still at least one person missing as of last night, at least. Leah, Leah Suzanne Weeks missing. I know one person that was missing, luckily, was found in Knoxville. They weren't even in Putnam County when the storm came through. And that was a wonderful thing to pass along. So we now know that death toll there as the entire state had right around 25 deaths, both when you combine Wilson County and the two in Nashville a horrible week in middle tennessee with this tornado passing through and again 18 in putnam county along you had a female in her 30s jessica clark a 34 year old female amanda cole who lost her life hattie collins a roughly four-year-old girl a seven-year-old girl dawson curtis a 54 year old man terry curtis a male in his 30s joshua kimberlin this was a family i saw the photo posted on social media this sad news a complete family killed in this tornado joshua kimberlin sawyer kimberlin his daughter and then his wife erin kimberlin all three killed in the tornado in putnam county 
a man todd kohler also killed and i assume this would be his wife sue kohler also lost her life in the tornado patricia lane 67 years old leisha littenberry a 28 year old woman a young kid harlan marsh that's a boy harlan marsh who died in this tornado a almost 13 year old girl Anne marie mccormick lost her life and then a couple others a man keith selby kathy selby a 35 year old woman named jamie smith and then a woman in her 30s stephanie fields a lot of females a lot of young kids again these are your deaths just in putnam county tennessee from the storm other deaths you had three in wilson county two in davidson specifically in east nashville and then one in benton county tennessee as the storm again claiming around 25 lives this week in the great state of tennessee and our hearts go out to all those who have lost loved ones and with 25 people it doesn't take too much effort to come up with somebody that knows somebody that might know somebody that may have lost their life or one of the again almost 100 people injured in just this one county putnam county and this was the first violent tornado by the way the national weather service out of nashville says to hit that area of middle tennessee in 11 years with this kind of loss of life or anywhere close to it an area that often doesn't see major problems from a weather standpoint yes it snows in nashville every now and then you got ice but this kind of tornadic outbreak is extremely rare and a horrible thing there that happened this week now moving away from the state of tennessee which i know you can help there's various websites red cross and more governor bill lee he's doing his best effort he's been visiting the victims and the storm damage of the volunteer state you can help out again one thing you can do is pray for those in the volunteer state now on wednesday in the magnolia state of mississippi you had storms there and although i don't know if for sure we had tornadoes you had a lot of strong winds and it toppled trees in the canton mississippi area just north of of jackson mississippi at least 90 homes damaged by these storms that went through central mississippi wednesday mema that's the mississippi emergency management agency said it had received reports of 60 homes just in madison county that's just to the north of jackson and that is the county that canton is in canton canton mississippi is the county seat of madison county also rankin county and scott county had damaged homes and you had a lot of damage from these winds i won't call them straight line winds but i've seen the photos there and it was pretty rough there in madison county in fact madison county schools in mississippi and canton public schools both were closed wednesday because of power outages and fallen trees and while i'm thinking about it there's actually two schools going back to tennessee in wilson county that were damaged so much by the tornado there this week these two schools in wilson county tennessee where lebanon is they've already announced they're not going to be opening up for the entire rest of the school year so for the next three months they're closed i assume the students will be shuffled to other schools there in wilson county tennessee but back here to mississippi yes just the one day that the schools there north of jackson closed at one point on wednesday about twenty one thousand customers were without electricity I don't have a report or confirmation there were tornadoes, but just in the south, especially this time of year where you've got some warmer temperatures, even without tornadoes, these awful storms and the awful winds from them can come through and create a major problem as we saw this this week here, both in Mississippi and in the state of Tennessee. 
now to the storm of politics and chances are if you were in a state like south carolina in the last week or two or you were in any of our super tuesday states whether it was tennessee or alabama north carolina even the states coming up soon like mississippi has a primary coming up this coming tuesday and missouri also on tuesday so if you're in any of those states for the last month or so whether you've been watching television or you've been going on social media or you've been watching youtube i can almost guarantee you probably got inundated with commercials for a guy named mike bloomberg well lordy thank the lord bloomberg is out as he announced on wednesday that he's stepping aside in his effort to become president and and get the democratic nomination to run for president against donald j trump congratulations mike bloomberg you for 500 million dollars picked up one sovereign portion of this great country and and this great portion of our country that he ended up being the victor in for again half a billion dollars was american samoa (laughs) as those folks there on that great island 7200 miles from new york city they in a caucus chose mike bloomberg he did not do well in the rest of the south congratulations we can't underestimate this you got to give credit where credit's due joe biden won every single southern state that was going to vote this week seven southern states texas oklahoma arkansas tennessee alabama north carolina virginia joe biden won all seven states and therefore because of this renewed energy energy in addition to winning minnesota and i think he even won massachusetts maybe even maine they're still counting votes in some of these places joe biden now has the momentum and a lot of people are saying he is the likely guy that's going to get the democratic nomination for president of the united states and because of again not only joe biden coming up from nowhere but also mike bloomberg absolutely blowing it just in the last two weeks with the bait performance disasters in nevada and then what we saw in south carolina didn't help him all that much more bloomberg what a complete waste of 500 million dollars i guess he's a couple of billionaire rich i think he's around what did i say 70 billion dollars i think don't quote me on this and so losing a half a billion is no big deal for him but what a sad statement that this guy for 500 million dollars completely blew that money on a failed presidential bid really a bid that lasted one day but remember he was not even on the ballot in south carolina so in the one day that he ran he got pardon me trumped by joe biden and therefore mike bloomberg on wednesday announced that he's out He's supporting Joe Biden. I'm sure he's going to put a lot of money into Joe Biden. And the good news for all of us in the South, we don't have to put up with any more Bloomberg commercials saturating whatever way we watch television or go online and look at Facebook, which is probably a waste of time anyway to go on social media. But that is the big breaking political story. Now, President Trump, he was on Sean Hannity's show on Wednesday evening. He didn't seem too scared by the rise, sudden rise of Joe Biden. And a lot of people think that President Trump's going to be in good shape regardless. Remember, 
with the rise, the rebirth, if you want to call it, of Joe Biden, that means somebody else is not doing too good. That would be Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders did not pick up one southern state. I really thought he would pull out a win in Texas, for goodness sakes. And he did not do that. He failed to get the young voters out. Now, young, uh, if you're under the age of 30, I, I apologies in advance on this. I'm excited that you're excited about politics, but you, you know what? You can go to a rally all you want and you can talk about it, but if you don't show up to vote, it doesn't really help. And evidently, a lot of the millennial vote just didn't actually vote, or at least they didn't vote for Bernie Sanders this week, and therefore he didn't win anywhere close to what he thought. And therefore, Joe Biden has come out of nowhere thanks to endorsements like from Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. Although I, unlike every other media outlet that's saying, and even people on TV were saluting him, like James Carville down in Louisiana, (laughs) saluting, literally saluting on air, Jim Clyburn for endorsing Joe Biden. Look, South Carolina was almost guaranteed to go for Biden anyway. Okay, what was what was amazing in South Carolina on Saturday was the actual numbers that Biden won by. He thumped Bernie Sanders and that momentum carried over to Super Tuesday. But for Jim Clyburn, the congressman from South Carolina, to keep getting all this praise. And I think somebody said he can get any position he wants in the Biden administration. Uh, Maybe not so fast on that one. Although South Carolina probably could benefit from maybe someone like a Jim Clyburn moving up into a executive level in the government. Now that former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, is no longer in the Trump administration. I guess Mick Mulvaney is still in there as a, a, what is he, an interim chief of staff. And he's a former congressman from South Carolina. Those are that's your only Palmetto State connection other than Hogan Gidley, who really is from Arkansas, but he's sort of the deputy press secretary there at the White House. And he spent many years working in South Carolina politics. That's the the Carolina connection there. But Joe Biden now on the rise. Now, that wasn't the only political story from Super Tuesday that I want to share with you. We also have a couple of Senate races that are kind of going on right now. And in the Super Tuesday states that voted this week, you had two states in particular that have U.S. Senate primaries that were going on. First in Alabama, and you had Jeff Sessions, who had that Senate seat prior to resigning to take over the attorney general role in the Trump administration, and then resigned from that, or essentially was forced out because he recused himself and the whole Jim Comey mess. And Sessions is now running for his old seat. Well, Tommy Tuberville, the former Auburn coach, and Sessions are now be, they're going to a runoff. And this is going to be on March 31st in Alabama. As the winner of that will go on to face Democratic incumbent Doug Jones as Alabamians hope, if you're a Republican at least, to reclaim the Senate seat in this very red state. Now, one thing happened on Wednesday that could be an unforced error for the president, okay? As he's been pretty quiet on the Republican primary in Alabama, the Senate race. But on Wednesday, President Trump, as he often does, he essentially steps on a landmine. And that is something that may end up coming back to boomerang and and hurt him as he weighed in on Twitter on this, okay? As Jeff Sessions, who 
is your longtime politician a revered figure in alabama at least before he went into the trump administration trump on twitter wrote this about sessions now going to a primary against tommy tuberville to, to a runoff trump tweeted this is what happens to someone who loyally gets appointed attorney general of the united states and then doesn't have the wisdom or courage to stare down and end the phony russia witch hunt recuses himself on first day in office and the Mueller scam begins trump wrote that on twitter about jeff sessions in his opinion he's he's just essentially saying maybe perhaps if jeff sessions had a little bit more of a backbone i'm trying to read through the tea leaves here the whole russia witch hunt wouldn't have happened and trump could be right looking back on it of course the president emerged victorious on that one on the russia witch hunt as he calls it and of course on impeachment and as he may be thinking look if jeff sessions would have kind of halted this in its early stage i would have had to put up with this for three years and now he's coming out saying this because of this kind of statement and because alabama is such a heavy heavy duty red state you'd have to think advantage Tommy tuberville and a lot of people are thinking that come march 31st the political newcomer coach tuberville just might be able to get the nomination for the gop and go against doug jones and look if if the president's on the ballot as he will be in november and then tuberville and or jeff sessions are also on the ballot going off against this doug jones democrat you'd have to think the republicans are going to get this seat back but right now and president what i said about a boomerang effect the last thing that the president wants is to see jeff sessions now come out and win the runoff at the end of this month and go on and take on doug jones that will be interesting to see if jeff sessions can somehow come ahead of that now sessions has said anyone can say they are for the trump agenda but talk is cheap but i have fought on the great issues of our day and one that's what he told a cheering crowd there uh, I, I, who knows on jeff sessions and and their relationship with both sessions and president trump now the other state in the south that also had a senate primary vote going on during super tuesday was the state of texas and specifically on the Democratic side in that state, because right now John Cornyn's seat is up for grabs. He's running for re-election, so the Republicans have him up in November in the great state of Texas. The Democrats, though, they are trying to choose their candidate to go up against the Republican incumbent. And right now, two people are going to be moving on to the primary runoff there as Texas, a state that President Trump won by nine points back in 2016, but right now, we've got two different people that will be going up against each other. A longtime state senator, Royce West, I think he's out of the Houston area. He's going to be going up against M.J. Hager, an Air Force veteran who challenged John Cornyn in November to be the next senator. She also was a congressional candidate, got a lot of media attention a couple of years ago, but she lost her congressional effort. And so now you got... Royce West, a longtime state senator in Texas, and M.J. Hager going up against each other in the runoff in the state of Texas for the Democratic nod for U.S. senator and then the winner 
goes on to the general election in november to take on john cornyn one other political story here i know we've got a lot of political stuff to address here today this one's a little bit in the ridiculous category president trump's maybe biggest cheerleader in congress these days is jacksonville florida's own matt gates and there was a coronavirus spending bill that was in front of the house of representatives on wednesday and do you know what matt gates did he took a photo of himself wearing not just a typical mask people are wearing these days for the coronavirus the mask he was wearing i'm not sure would actually help out with the coronavirus matt gates the florida congressman was photographed wearing a gas mask on the house floor wednesday afternoon as he voted on this supplemental spending bill which i think passed almost unanimous it went i think two people voted against it there in the house of representatives and i don't know if matt gates was one of those the bill that was passed is an 8.3 billion dollar emergency spending measure to battle the coronavirus outbreak that's spreading across the state and by the way matt gates was not one of those who voted against it two people it was a vote of 415 to 2 in support of this 8.3 billion dollar emergency spending measure to fight the coronavirus and gas mask and all the florida congressman a young guy who's on tv all the time by the way on multiple channels showing on you can't show that pretty face when you're wearing a gas mask there congressman gates and because of the coronavirus we've seen our first major airline come out here in this country at least talking about it and how they're going to reduce flights united airlines is lowering their flights they're freezing hiring and also asking employees to volunteer for unpaid leave as united airlines struggles with weak demand for travel because of this coronavirus outbreak united airlines said that they're starting in april going to reduce passenger carrier cap passenger carrying capacity 20 percent on international routes and 10 percent on the domestic flights that's just one airline i would expect other airlines coming out pretty soon to do similar things now united announced the cut shortly after several airline ceos met at the white house with president trump and vice president mike pence the administration is seeking the airlines help in tracing travelers who might have come in contact with people ill with the coronavirus but right now this chicago-based united airline is our first domestic carrier to already kind of hit the panic button that they've got problems flying of course we can understand those flying overseas especially to places like china south korea but for american travelers here flying domestically it's a little bit scarier when an airline the size of united comes out saying they're going to cut flying in in both this country and overseas because of the coronavirus update or outbreak we've got more headlines from across the southland that we're going to get to hang on we've got an update on the supreme court has a case out of louisiana arrived there in washington dc on wednesday and chuck schumer actually had something pretty smart to say about it and ticked off some of our supreme court justices that plus a couple of iconic places along the gulf coast of the south closing one in panama city also you got one on the mississippi gulf coast in gulfport we'll tell you about both of those businesses unfortunately shutting down that and more as the y'all show rolls on on this thursday edition Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. 
Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Continuing with our look at headlines from across the southeast, we go to Washington, D.C. On Wednesday, Louisiana's Solicitor General Liz Merle was in front of the U.S. Supreme Court as she's trying to defend Louisiana's state law that could have sweeping consequences for abortion rights nationwide as the U.S. Supreme Court's decision over whether to allow this Louisiana law to take effect could come down to a technical issue And if it actually rules on this, it could signal a monumental shift in how abortion cases, how they're handled by the high court in this era of Donald Trump. The ruling likely won't come for several months, as with most cases they hear, Supreme Court justices don't exactly give a little bit of a headway of whether which side they're going on. And Morrell argued that the Louisiana law would ensure a woman who gets an abortion could go to a hospital if there are complications and still keep the same doctor. Opponents of the law, led by the Center for Reproductive Rights attorney Julie Reichelman, argued that the admitting privileges standard is obstructive and unfair. Hospitals set their own standards for admitting privileges. They can include a quota for a number of patients brought to a facility or other restrictions. The hearing mostly centered on technical issues of the Louisiana law. And these also don't include tests, the test whether abortions should continue to be legal but louisiana specifically the solicitor general of the pelican state liz merle right now arguing her case before the u.s supreme court and a lot of people are watching this case closely in fact chuck schumer of the u.s senate of all places weighed in on wednesday about this and essentially threatened the conservative justices on the supreme court that would be 
the justices Neil Gorsuch and also Brett Kavanaugh. And I don't have the exact quote from Chuck Schumer, but he essentially kind of threatened him. And President Trump was not very happy about that. I don't think the Supreme Court justice was very happy about it. Uh, I don't even know why a senator saying anything personally about a Supreme Court justice, but that's what happened there on Wednesday and more out of this case to come in washington dc now some unfortunate business news to pass along if you've ever been to panama city beach a historic icon of that city is closing down in fact it's being demolished alvin's island y'all know about alvin's island the iconic shopping spot in pcb florida the demolition is slated to begin next week as the city of Panama City announced the demolition, saying the property was hit with several code violations and, quote, the cost of bringing the properties up to standard was too great to justify the expenditure. So the owners of this place decided to demolish the properties. And just like that, the Magic Mountain store of Alvin's Island is going to be torn down as this place, I think, opened back in the 1960s as Jungle Land. A towering, crudely shaped souvenir shop, and it originally opened at the Front Beach Road location there, and it grew out of a roadside zoo. The old shop, much like the rest of its first owner, Val Valentine's Offbeat Creations, tourists from many, many decades went in there as they visited the Miracle Strip and saw this crazy family-oriented place as a rite of passage as the Miracle Strip Amusement Park opened in 1963, and now... Looks like it's going to be demolished, and a lot of people not very happy about this landmark there in Panama City Beach being torn down right just off the, the right off the Gulf there in a lovely place. Which, by the way, here in March, as we've told you before, no alcohol in Panama City Beach on the beach at least. It's against I guess an ordinance there to tamper down the wildness of spring break. And now, coupled with the closure of Alvin's Island and the demolition of Alvin's Island, times are tough there in the month of March in PCB on the Emerald Coast of Florida. Now, moving west on the Gulf Coast to Gulfport, Mississippi, an iconic soda shop there and pharmacy there is going to close after more than six decades in business. Triplet Day is going to shut down at the end of the month on uh, at the end of the month on March 31st as the owners of the Green Stripe Green downtown business said that they want to enjoy time with their children, grandchildren, and also a great grandchild. Triplet Day opened back in 1955, and when it opened, it first served breakfast and lunch, known for its beignets. The pharmacy's records going to be transferred to TD Pharmacy in Orange Grove, and now again out of Gulfport, Mississippi, a longtime business there. And I wonder if they still got the beignets. I, I didn't even realize a pharmacy made beignets ever, but certainly here, maybe in it doesn't say they stopped doing it at some point. And yes, they serve breakfast and lunch. Pretty neat. I know there are some pharmacies who do sandwiches and more and a lot of them of course have ice cream Ooh, i always thought it was crazy and i'm sure your own dentist may have done the same thing growing up the highlight of going to my local dentist and i know this is not a pharmacy i'm talking about dentist here but my dentist when you were a kid there was nothing more valuable in the world than when you got done with your appointment he wrote a prescription and you had to go to the pharmacy. But this prescription was not for some kind of medicine. Oh, 
it was for a free ice cream cone from the local pharmacy. And I still don't think there's a better ice cream than the ice cream I got from that particular pharmacy. And a great memory from my childhood. I wonder how many dentists still do that, still give free ice cream to go down to your local pharmacy. I doubt too many pharmacies even have ice cream. There's some, though. There's some. I've been in one in the last couple of months, and it just seems like pharmacy ice cream may be better than anybody else's ice cream. And sadly, Gulfport triplet day is you better get there before the end of March because they're they're moving on to the pharmacy in the sky, and you'll have to go to places like TD Pharmacy in Orange Grove going forward now to west virginia and we've got some good stories there some good news if you're an outdoorsman in the mountain state the governor on wednesday jim justice announced that west virginia's division of natural resources is starting up a five-year project to restore northern bob white quail in the state of west virginia the bird is a native species of the mountain state and it was once found all over west virginia but harsh winters back in the late 70s devastated the bobwhite quail population and now they're hoping to bring some more in and doing this in places like logan county at the tomlin wildlife management area and again bobwhite quail hoping to make a comeback in west virginia we wish them all the best maybe west virginia you'll get if you if you'll take care and bring back bobwhite quail to west virginia maybe West Virginia also has a shortage of white-tailed deer, and the rest of the South will be able to send their white-tailed deer to West Virginia and give them a haven there in the mountains of West Virginia because most of the South, uh, I don't know how the bobwhite Bob quail population is in the rest of the South. Obviously, it's hurting in West Virginia. Therefore, this new plan Jim Justice has enacted, but the South would be happy to send more and more lovely white-tailed deer out of here. Got too many calls, too many directs, too many deaths to be quite honest with you hey we were just talking about ice cream and how wonderful it was to go down to your local pharmacy and have a good scoop of ice cream or more well how about this story coming out of port arthur texas a 24 year old man there has now been sentenced to 30 days in jail for posting a social media video and this was done back in august we actually reported on this he's now been given 30 days in jail for posing a social media video which is a dumb 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 deandron anderson the 24-year-old, putting this social media video up of him removing an ice cream container from a Texas market freezer, licking the contents, and then returning the container to the freezer. And at least it was Bluebell ice cream that he did. He also has to pay a $1,000 fine and $1,565 in restitution to Bluebell Creameries, which had to replace all of its products in the freezer. Just a dumb move by DeAndre Anderson, Luckily, only 30 days in jail. Maybe President Trump will give him a pardon, but there's no excuse for licking ice cream. Kind of like Mike Bloomberg did. Did y'all see that where he licked his fingers and then touched the pizza and then put the pizza back? Just just yucky, 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 yucky. Well, that wraps up our headlines from across Southeast. I got to go wash my hands now after thinking of Mike, about Mike, many Mike Bloomberg and pizza and licking fingers and such, especially things like the coronavirus going on. Hey, when we come back, we've got a quick look at the top 20 events, some of the fun places, festivals and such going on in the Southeast here in the month of March, y'all. That's coming up as we close out this first hour of the show that is about the South. Keeps coming. You know what to do. 
Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. We're back. It is y'all, and it is time now on our show for a little Festive South, a chance for you to get out in the South. And thanks to the Southeast Tourism Society, we got a handful of places we want to tell you about. Some of these are festivals, and they're taking place either this weekend, next weekend, maybe sometime before the end of March is essentially the news you need to know as you make your plans for the rest of the month the southeast tourism society's top 20 events is part of our festive south and this weekend just to the east of downtown atlanta in conyers well i think that's rockdale county in conyers it's a mountain quilt fest going on this weekend as this started earlier in the week on wednesday and it lasts until sunday and it's a great event there in Conyers, a mountain quilt fest. You can go there and learn more. Just Google them. Now, help me out. I hope I don't mispronounce this. In Wachi, Florida, this weekend, it's the Wachi Swamp Fest. 
Wiki Wachi, give me a second. I got to Google where, where I, that's a new one on me. I try to do my best here, y'all, to know where everything is in the southeast, okay? And that's a new one on me. I've never heard of Wiki Wachi. All right. Wiki Wachi is in Hernando County, Florida. And let's see where that is. Wiki Wachi, that's just to the north of Tampa, is where you'll find Hernando County. In fact, Hernando County is the home of Brooksville. I've been to Brooksville, been, been to a barbecue restaurant in Brooksville, Florida. And it's a really southern town there, Brooksville, really old south looking with the Spanish moss and southern symbolism. I think they've got Confederate statues that they haven't torn down there in that county in Florida, thankfully. Yes, the, and this, this Wiki-Wachee is there in Hernando County. Also there you'll find the Wiki-Wachee Springs Park located, a 12,000-acre preserve. And as as a celebration of that area here this weekend, the Wiki-Wachee Swamp Fest in Florida going on this weekend. Now to Georgia we go. We return to Georgia to Lookout Mountain, and it's the this weekend. Well, it's this weekend and next weekend. Frankly, it's Rock City's Shamrock City, a celebration just in time for St. Patty's Day going on at Lookout Mountain, Georgia. A two weekend a deal uh, again this weekend and next weekend. Rock City's Shamrock City. Also coming up next week. Just it's kind of starting this weekend and going throughout the rest of the next week at Hilton Head Island in South Carolina. How about this? This sounds like a lot of fun. The Hilton Head International Piano Competition. Get your your pianos out and have, have just have a great time there in Hilton Head SC for the International Piano Competition in Murfreesboro, Tennessee coming up next weekend. This sounds like a great idea. The Southeastern Young Adult Book Festival taking place in the borough and that's going on next weekend also next weekend in brooksville florida which is also in hernando county as i was just talking about that just around the corner from wiki wachi in brooksville next weekend it's the 36th annual art in the park taking place in this county just to the north of tampa and all the areas there on that sort of western side of central florida also in Stewart, Florida, that's on the east coast, uh, just to the north of Palm Beach is where you'll find Stewart, Florida. That is, I think that is, oh Lord, I should know the county there. It's not Monroe. Uh, let me, let me look, uh, we're learning about Florida here on today's y'all. So, uh, I should know. I know it's got a common name. Stewart, Florida is in Martin County. I knew it was close, not Monroe. Monroe is where Key West is, by the way. In Martin County, Florida is where you'll find Stewart, right on the Atlantic coast. And there next weekend, the Single Fin Showdown is taking place. In Forsyth, Georgia, it's the Forsythia Festival taking place next weekend. And then March 19th through the 21st in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And don't get confused on this, the Iowa Rabbit Festival and the reason that's called the Iowa Rabbit Festival there, just to the east of Lake Charles, right along Interstate 10, you got Iowa, Louisiana, and they've got a rabbit festival next weekend. Also next weekend on the eastern coast of North Carolina, which the only coast they got there is an eastern coast, on the eastern side of it of North Carolina, Wilmington's got the Wilmington, North Carolina Marathon going on next weekend. A lot of other events going on across the southeast that you need to be aware of and we cover it all here on the y'all show so we got you covered at least for this weekend and next weekend from wiki to wilmington north carolina 
all the way to Stewart, Florida, just the south. You can escape to it anytime you want. And those places we just told you are all listed as part of the top 20 events of the south, according to Southeast Tourism Society. When we come back in hour two of today's Y'all Show, we'll start it off with books on our mind. We've got the latest New York Times bestsellers list. And then we've got an author coming our way, and he's also a retired Air Force general. Brigadier General Robert Spaulding III has penned the book Stealth War, and he's going to be on to talk about this very timely book. This book has to do with China and with the coronavirus outbreak. General Spaulding's got some things to say about that, specifically with the way China has handled this crisis. That's coming up as part of our book feature, our author interview with General Spaulding. And then we close out hour two with our SEC spotlight, a lot of men's basketball news, and we'll tell you the seeding of the women's basketball tournament, which is going on right now in Greenville, South Carolina. All that is part of our SEC spotlight on this, The Y'all Show. Stay with us. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Brigadier General Robert Spaulding III and the book Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. The interview with General Spaulding is coming up in the next segment of this, The Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl back in for this second hour of the Thursday Y'all Show. And we got a lot of book stuff on our mind. In addition to talking with General Spaulding in the next segment, we're going to start this segment out with the New York Times bestsellers. Later this hour, hang on, we're going to move over from the printed word to the SEC, the good book of the Southeastern Conference. A lot of basketball news from the SEC as we've got the scores from Wednesday night's action, what's on tap for this day, as well as what's going on on the final regular season day of conference play on Saturday in the Southeastern Conference. The Wildcats of Kentucky have already claimed the regular season title. We'll tell you about all that. Plus, the women of the SEC currently having their tournament this week, the SEC Tournament for Women in Greenville, South Carolina. And those Gamecocks out of the Palmetto State roll into G Vegas, Green Vegas, with the number one seed. And we'll have all the seeding and more, plus a little SEC football news from Baton Rouge. And we've got the latest SEC baseball schedule for this weekend as we've got the fourth weekend of college baseball This is the final weekend of non-conference play for the SEC. It's all conference play starting next weekend. But we'll walk through who's playing and where they're playing 
in our SEC Spotlight of College Baseball coming up later this hour. Diving in as we start this hour of the Y'all Show into book talk. And we have the New York Times bestseller list. And we'll start off with the combined print and ebook fiction category. New this week at number one, the incredible writing career of James Patterson continues as James Patterson and James O'Born have penned Blindside. This is the 12th book in the Michael Bennett series. A serial killing spree might impact national security. The, again, fiction category, James Patterson and Blindside, brand new, and it's number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Also new this week from Steve Barry, The Warsaw Protocol. This is the 15th book in the Cotton Malone series. The balance of power in Europe is imperiled. The Warsaw Protocol author Steve Barry. Something tells me if you start having these series of books come out, you got a good chance of going to number one as both Steve Barry and James Patterson have done with these two books. Now, the next book has been out a couple of weeks now. This is the one that was a little bit controversial. It was on Oprah's book club and a lot of people protested because they felt like the author Janine Cummins had no right to write this book. It's American Dirt. It's been out for six weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. It's currently number three. A bookseller flees Mexico for the U.S. with her son while pursued by the head of a drug cartel. That's the subject of American Dirt. And it's number three on the bestseller list, combined print and ebook fiction category. This book here wins the award for longevity. For 77 weeks, this book's been on the New York Times bestseller list, and it's a Southern book where the crawdads sing from Delia Owens. This is about a quiet town in North Carolina on the coast there of North Carolina back in 1969. A young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. Don't, don't, don't. Delia Owens and Where the Crawdads Sing at number four on the NYT bestsellers list. And finally, in the top five of this list, is Select Niggs, their book, Little Fires Everywhere. An artist upends a quiet town outside of Cleveland. Celeste Niggs and Little Fires Everywhere. Moving over to the nonfiction category here on the New York Times bestseller list. At number one, and it's brand new this week, Eric Larson's The Splendid and the Vile, an examination of the leadership of the Prime Minister Winston Churchill. The Splendid and the Vile from lord sir whatever he was winston churchill which i always find it amazing that the great prime minister winston churchill and the current prime minister of great britain boris boris johnson old bj that these two prime ministers of our closest friend of the world you could say yeah some people may say canada but Great Britain's done a lot more, I think, with us. We fought wars together. I know Canada was also there, so no offense to you Canadians. And I got something funny to tell you about that in a second. Uh, Great Britain has got to be right up there. Okay, the crazy connection. Winston Churchill's mum, his mummy, was an American. That's just crazy to believe. And, of course, Winston Churchill's bust is in the White House, in the in the Oval Office. It was taken away by Obama. President Trump immediately put it back. And so we have that connection with Winston Churchill. And then Boris Johnson, who's about as British as it comes, was born in New York City, the current prime minister of that country. So it's pretty weird to see those two connections with the leadership of that United Kingdom. Now, what's my funny story about Canada? Okay, so I'm watching a network called State TV the other day, 
And on a show that comes on, I think, in the 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central hour, Tucker Carlson. Often on Thursdays, he has sort of a goofy, time-killing trivia contest. And he had on Jesse Waters and Pete Hegseth as his two guys participating in this trivia contest. And one of the questions was asked of them, name the capital of Canada. What's Canada's capital city? All right, Jesse Waters, smart guy, really funny TV host. He didn't know. Pete Hegseth, a decorated military veteran from the Army, very savvy TV guy, a Princeton graduate. This is an Ivy Leaguer. He didn't know the capital of our next-door neighbor, Canada, the capital city. My nine-year-old, I asked him the question. Now, I had to give him a little bit of a, a hint, but he got it. I knew it, and we all should know it, because we don't want to sound D-U-M-M, dumb. And what an insult to Canadians when we don't even know their capital city. All right, I'm going to give y'all five seconds to shout out the answer. What's the capital of Canada, eh? Toronto? Eh. Vancouver? Eh. Montreal? Eh. Windsor? Eh. Edmonton? Eh. Winnipeg? Eh. The capital of Canada is in Ontario. It's Ottawa, right on the border with Quebec which is a French-speaking province, and Ontario technically is an English-speaking province, so it's sort of a compromise. That's the capital of Canada. We should know it. If we're going to live in this country, we at least need to show that we're not completely D-U-M-M and know the capital of our our closest neighbor, our most similar neighbor in Canada. Eh? All right, so what am I talking about here besides this book at number one on the nonfiction category in the New York Times? Let's get back to other books in the nonfiction category as we wrap up our book spotlight here of the New York Times bestseller. Number two, Kobe Bryant's book. It's been out now uh, for a while, but because of his untimely death, the Mamba mentality is at number two. It's been out eight weeks on the list here as he shares various skills and techniques that he used on the court as a Lakers NBA great, unfortunately killed back in January. The Mamba mentality, number two. Number three, Speaking of Fox, maybe Martha McCallum knows the answer of the capital of Canada. Brand new this week from the Fox News anchor, Martha McCallum's Unknown Valor, which, by the way, I saw a great thing with her. Her uncle was killed in at the Battle of Iwo Jima, which is going on right now. And I saw a wonderful video that she went in and interviewed someone in the last two years or so who was at Iwo Jima and knew her uncle, saw him get killed. And this 90-something-year-old Marine veteran was stunned, not only to learn that, but Martha McCallum's, her own her own aunt, the sibling of the uncle that was killed, was kind enough to be there. And she's, of course, somewhere in her 90s. And she thanked the, the hero there. And he got to meet the guy that he, his buddy from the war who got killed in front of him, he got to meet his his niece and his sister, all that. And I'm assuming all this is covered in Martha McCallum's new book, Unknown Valor. Number four on the nonfiction category, John Meacham's 
the hope of glory that's out that's a new book this week pulitzer prize winning biographer john meacham's book and then number five hey congratulations to texas girl jessica simpson is her new book open book the singer actress and fashion designer discloses times of success trauma and addiction and jessica simpson open book is at number five on the combined print and ebook nonfiction category of the new york times well we're not done talking books when we come back we've got a very special guest waiting in the wings he wrote the book stealth war how china took over while america's elite slept and that is general robert spaulding he's a retired air force general and he's going to be on to talk about his new book and specifically how china has got a major major problem on its hand with the coronavirus he talks about that and more Stealth War, General Spaulding, that's coming up next on The Y'all Show. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey, this is the All Show. Jod Rawl back with you here on a Thursday, our By the Book feature. This is where we spotlight new books from up-and-coming authors around the land. And we've got a very special guest joining us here as we have an author of a new book that's very timely. Unfortunately, this is a timely book. It has to do with China. As joining us is a retired Brigadier General from the Air Force, Robert S. Spaulding III, And he's got the new book, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. 
and General Spalding joining us right now on the Y'all Show. Hello, General. I salute you. Oh, thanks so much. Great to be here. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit more of your background in the Air Force. You're now retired, but I know you had a long career, and you're not from the South. I think you spent some time in California, but you may have had some time served here in the Southeast. What What's your resume, your curriculum vitae? Yeah, so um, for the most part, I was a B-2 pilot, which uh, and the B-2s are stationed in the, in the middle of the country near uh, – near Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But I did spend some time down uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, going to the Air War College. And, you know, so I think my career is a, a best described as a mix of B-2 and China. And I, I lived in China and Shanghai for a couple of years. I went to the Defense Language Institute to learn to speak Chinese. Uh, and then I worked on policy issues uh, re- relating to China for most of my uh, career in the later years of my, of my uh my time in the air force okay and what year did you depart the air force full-time i retired at the end of um at the end of november in 2018 okay and how's civilian life been for you uh, i really enjoyed it so i wrote a book called stealth war uh and the whole reason i got out was to write the book and really uh, alert the American people to everything that I've learned in the last five or six years with regard to the competition or, or conflict that we had going on with China that most uh, people, including myself, were not aware of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you get out of the Air Force and you write a book, I guess you don't have too many lonely days there. And your book, again, very timely, especially with the coronavirus that's going on throughout the world. Does what What's happened in China with this? Does it surprise you? Oh, no. In fact, I was actually in China. I was living in China when SARS uh, broke out. And so me and my family had to be evacuated uh, in 2003 from Shanghai Mm -hmm. uh, during the SARS outbreak. And the way that the Chinese Communist Party approached uh, SARS uh, and the coronavirus is no different. And and essentially, they've been non-transparent. They've been trying to control all the uh, information with regard to the spread of the disease. Of course, if you want to actually prevent this from uh, becoming a global pandemic, you need to be transparent and you need to you know, take certain precautions. And of course, the way that the Chinese Communist Party has handled the virus has uh, been counter to any of those things that you, that you would normally do in order to prevent its spread. Hmm. So SARS was what year? It was 2003. 2003 has been that long. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your family, you said, had to be evacuated back here to the States? That's right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the same uh, challenges we had um, with SARS but with re- regard to lack of transparency and really the control of information that, um, you know, people needed to make decisions with regard to how they should address um, dealing with it. Well, I don't, I'm sure your book that's out right now, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept, covers a wide range of topics. I don't know how much it gets into conspiracy theories, General Spalding, but some people out here are saying that the coronavirus, maybe even SARS, was intentionally done by the Chinese government. Your thoughts? Yeah, on and that? I've heard I've heard those same theories. Um, the the challenge uh, is that it's very hard to um, determine what is truth and what is false uh, in China because of uh, the way that the government controls information. Um, and so there has been both people saying that it was created in the lab, uh, that it was purposely released, that it was accidentally released, or that it was you know 
obtained from a wildlife um, market in Wuhan. So the truth of the matter, I don't, I don't think we'll ever know because of the secrecy and control of the Chinese Communist Party. And I think this is just one further, um, you know, explains why we ought to be very wary at having any kind of association with the Chinese Communist Party, because they don't actually care about, um, you know, how, uh, you know, how we react to the virus. They only care about staying in, in control. And the way they do that is by controlling information. And that's not healthy when you're trying to, um, again, stop a potential global pandemic. Well, as a guy who served in the Air Force in China, this country is not exactly our best friend out there. I'm sure you were being monitored. I'm sure you maybe can't talk about that, but <laughs> it had to be very odd to be a an Air Force officer and have an active duty role there in the country of China. Well, and, and uh, you know, that that's exactly uh, right. But, you know, it's not just um, me that was being monitored. They have cameras all over the city of Beijing. Um, they track in, all the things that people do through their smartphone. And, you know, the government has that data on anything and everything in the country. So, you know, just as an example, they let a BBC reporter um, you know, essentially walk around the town and attempted to find him. In nine minutes, they were able to tr- track him down just using the cameras, the artificial intelligence powered cameras in the city. I had somebody that worked for me that left their iPad in the basket of, a, of one of the bikes that you use to um, go, get around the city that you unlock with your smartphone. They were able to track down the person that had the iPad almost instantaneously. Um, so, I mean, the, the city is really and the whole country really is is this uh, incredibly sophisticated IT based uh, totalitarian regime. So everything is monitored and, and they have the ability, just like Facebook, Amazon and Google has to use data to uh, influence you. They can influence you. They can surveil you. And, uh, and they're really uh, experts at it. We're talking with General Robert Spaulding III, Brigadier General, retired from the U.S. Air Force. He's just authored the new book, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. And yes, China has been a world force. We've just been in this trade, I won't call it a war, a cold war with China over this last year or so. And it looks like we may have signed some kind of deal with them just before this whole coronavirus outbreak happened. And your book covers why, I mean, a lot of our fault with China, General, happened right here in this country. Your book covers that. Yeah, and I think what uh, what we um, did after the end of the Cold War is we, our foreign policy really became about um, improving the strength of China's economy and their overall um, uh, strength as a nation, because we believed that and when we did that, they would become a democracy. And of course, the Chinese Communist Party took advantage of that. And so they use our openness to essentially turn all the strengths of our society against us into vulnerabilities. And they did that by systematically abusing, um, you know, democratic principles, rule of law and free trade in our society to give advantages to their to their people and to their companies working in this country for the purpose of taking intellectual property and for taking productive capacity away from America. So when China entered the WTO, I was there uh, right after, and these factories were going up in the Shanghai Special Economic Zone. At the same time, factories were being closed in the United States. So 
over the course of the next 17 years, we lost over 70,000 factories, and that's created a tremendous problem for our defense industrial base. Someone recently told me, and you can compare because you lived in that part of the world, there is a difference between the way China operates and another enemy of ours, at least in the past, and that would be Vietnam. Vietnam is also a communist country, but what are the, what's the biggest difference between those two countries? I think the, um, there's, there's, a, there's a difference of scale. So okay. China's got a much bigger population, and they have an ability to use that population. But the other, the other thing is the regime itself sees the United States as a fundamental threat to the regime. So um, document number nine, which is a document that you can, you can Google, is an internal Chinese Communist Party document, which really lays out um, how the Chinese Communist Party feels threatened by the democratic principles and the freedoms of the United States. And so they're fearful of their citizens becoming aware of those um, of those freedoms. And so they seek to suppress them everywhere. So when things like the NBA happens, where Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, tweets about supporting the people of Hong Kong, then the Chinese Communist Party will go to that organization. So in that case, the NBA and tell them to fire that individual. So that kind of suppression of speech in our own country has been going on quite a while with corporate America essentially acting on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. And I talk about this in my book. Yeah. Again, coming back to coronavirus, what, in your opinion, General Spalding, is the best thing we can do in this country outside of the the norms of washing hands and things like that to avoid not only coronavirus, but things like this, similar things happen in the future? Well, I think, um, of course, we have, um, if people practice good habits like washing their hands and good hygiene and, and staying away from crowded places um, during this time, I think is, uh, and that's a good precaution to take. The other one that I would be quite concerned about is uh, securing our southern border because, um, you know, last year, 1,100 uh, Chinese nationals came across the southern border. So um, this idea that we have um, very uh, lax controls on our southern border is that when it comes to the spread of a, a potential pandemic is a is a threat to the population. Hmm. And one other of the things in your 25 years of service in the Air Force, you also you're a former China strategist for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Joint Staff at the Pentagon and worked there, I guess, in the Trump administration. I think I saw you spent some time at the White House or helping the Pentagon during that time period. Uh, yeah, so I was at the White House during the Trump administration, but I was uh, working on behalf of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs during the Obama administration. Oh, so okay. I got to see up close uh, how both uh, administrations operated with regard to China. Um, and I can say that for the first time in and really, uh, since um, the two Bush administrations and Clinton and the Obama administration, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat, for the first time uh, in 2017, we actually began to push back and, and, and I think, work to protect uh, the people of the United States from the predatory activity of the Chinese Communist Party. You know, we would not uh, enforce the laws with regard to Chinese companies or Chinese uh, nationals that were working in this country because we, we felt that we needed their cooperation on a host of different things. And, of course, Chinese Communist Party used that to take advantage of us to the tune of 300 to $600 billion of intellectual property theft a year, the loss of our factories, as I already talked about, 
you know, now to the point where, you know, most of the medicines that are that the United States has is are made in China, which a lot of them have impurities, which make people ill. So this is a big challenge for us. Talking with retired Air Force Brigadier General Robert Spalding, the author of the new book, Stealth War. And as we said, I think it was early January, the White House and China got together and signed a new agreement. Have you seen that new agreement? And if so, would you have signed off on it? Um, I, you know, my, I'm on record as saying that I don't think any um, agreement that you sign with the Chinese Communist Party is, is worth the paper it's signed on because they don't actually abide. They have never <laughs> abided by any agreement that they've signed. And so um, that being said, I think it was the best agreement that the administration could negotiate in an election year, which is essentially what, uh, you know, they felt pressure um, in an election year to get an agreement. I don't think it's going to make a material difference in the relationship and the trading relationship. I, the one thing I will say is that this coronavirus has actually made people wake up and understand how um, how reliant we are on the Chinese Communist Party for our supply chain. So everything from toilet paper to medicines to the circuit boards that go in F-35s you know, are made in China. And we really need to um, have our own ability to manufacture those things. And when we do, you know, you're, the economy is going to grow and, and a lot of Americans are going to go back to work, you know. When, uh, when China, after China entered the WTO, we lost over 3 million manufacturing jobs overall, over 13 million jobs. Now, these were jobs that had health care and retirement benefits and, and people worked for decades in, in companies and have essentially a career. And all of that was wiped out after China entered the WTO. And that's, that's led to a lot of anger in this country. And General Spalding, with the emergence of China, I mean, we've seen with this whole coronavirus that even things like the masks that we're encouraged to wear, I think almost all, all are made in a country like China. Well, they want to have those masks for themselves. And I think I saw only one manufacturer of those masks, of surgical masks, even though only one company makes those here stateside. And that's just an example of the enormous problems we've got when there's an issue in China where cities have shut down the last couple of months over coronavirus. And if those cities have shut down, you know the trade's not going on between countries outside of China. Yeah, and 3M, uh, which is one of the companies that makes the N95 masks, their their factory um, was essentially uh, you know, nationalized, if you think about it, because they were banned from exporting um, masks. So think about it, that 3M factory was in the United States, we'd actually be able to get to those masks. Now, because in China, uh, and they wanted to keep them for themselves, they banned uh, 3M from uh, exporting that to the United States. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. We hope it all gets subsided as quickly as possible. And the, what what was – I'm sorry, my memory is not that good from 17 years ago. The SARS outbreak, 2003, how did that go away? Uh, it just, uh, it, it just uh, you know, it passed its it, – it went through its course. It okay. was uh, – it was not nearly as infectious as uh, this coronavirus was. The, the numbers of people that got sick, the numbers of people that died were far, were far fewer. Um, and, the, and it was so it was more um, the mortality rate was higher if you got sick, but um, the infectious the infection rate was much less. So a lot more people uh, with this coronavirus are getting sick, which is hot, resulting in a, a lot more deaths. But, uh, you know, the SARS was actually more fatal. 
Well, General Spalding, if my numbers are correct, this book that you've got out, your book about China that's called Stealth War, is this your first actual book that you've penned? It is. It is the first book. And, uh, you know, I just I wrote it right after I left the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So explain how writing a book is a different task than maybe doing all the work you did in the Air Force. Did you have to have more discipline writing a book or putting on your uniform and serving our military? <laughs> Well, I think they both uh, require discipline. It's just a different kind of discipline. The good thing about the book is it was really just uh, relaying all the information that I had learned over the course of the last six years. So it was really um, quite straightforward to put down that um, on paper because I had seen it and I'd lived it. You know, I'd read thousands of pages. I've interviewed hundreds of people uh, on this subject uh, as a co- in the, over the course of my you know, last six years in service. So it's really about just putting the information down there so that the American people can have it. And also you're involved with the Hudson Institute, which focuses on U.S.-China relations. What what role do you have there at the Hudson Institute? So I, I, uh, I speak um, at all kinds of different events and I, um, and I write uh, articles for newspapers and, and other publications. So I'm still very much focused on national security and protecting the country. Uh, I just do it from the outside now. All right. And again, Robert Spalding has been our very special guest here on today's Y'all Show. Retired Brigadier General from the Air Force and the author of the new book, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. And by the way, although I don't think you took journalism classes at the University of Missouri, you have a doctorate in economics and mathematics from Mizzou so M-I-Z-Z-O-U to you, sir. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on the Y'all Show. Best of luck with the book Stealth War. You can find that on various outlets like Amazon.com. Is there a better way we need to plug your book, sir? How, how, how can people get their own copy the easiest way? Well, it's also on Audible. There's a there's also a, an e-book uh, version. So whether it's Barnes & Noble or Amazon, people can follow me also on Twitter at Robert underscore Spalding and uh, on youtube at uh, general spaulding okay and uh and uh, looking forward to uh, doing it again thank you all right general spaulding thank you again and congratulations on the new book again it's called stealth war and it's very timely right now with the coronavirus outbreak that we've seen and unfortunately it's probably going to get a little worse before it gets better thank you again sir thank you more of the Y'all Show. Speaking of Mizzou, more of the Y'all Show will continue as we'll have our SEC spotlight here on this Thursday program that's all about the South. Stay tuned. Deep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. 
Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Wrapping up today's Y'all Show now with our SEC Spotlight and Kentucky Wildcat fans. That song's for you. Congratulations to Big Blue Nation as Kentucky has wrapped up the SEC regular season title. We'll tell you where they are in the standings heading into the Nashville-based SEC Men's Basketball Tournament next weekend. On the hard court Wednesday night, Texas A&M went into Auburn and got a victory over the top 20 Tigers there. 78-75, the Aggies prevail. Florida went into Stegman Coliseum and picked up a 68-54 win over the Georgia Bulldogs. Arkansas was victorious at home against LSU, 99-90. And the Mississippi Landsharks, they beat Old Mizzou, 75-67. Kermit Davis's Rebel Landshark Black Bears prevail in that game there at the Pavilion. Looking at the standings, as we said, Kentucky emerges victorious in the SEC, although they head into their final game here on Saturday with a little bit of a losing streak as Kentucky lost a game. They blew a game, you could say, against the Tennessee Vols earlier this week, and emotions aplenty there after they lost to their rivals there from Knoxville. Kentucky with a 14-3 SEC standing and Clearly the favorite there heading into Nashville next week. Auburn 11-6 and after their loss to the Aggies on Wednesday night. 
besides Auburn at 11-6, you also have LSU with that same conference record and Michael White's Gators from Gainesville with that same 11-6 mark. Mississippi State's at 10-7. That's also the record in conference play for the South Carolina Gamecocks. The Vols, Aggies, they both have 9-8 records. Alabama, 8-9. Arkansas, 7-10 in conference play. You've got two teams with a 6-11 mark, the Mississippi Landsharks and the Missouri Tigers, 6-11. Georgia's at 5-12 and and the hapless Vanderbilt Commodores, 2-15 in SEC play. Again, the conference tournament begins next weekend. Now, this weekend, you don't have to wait till next weekend for the tournament. This Saturday is the last day of regular season play in the SEC. Auburn will be at Tennessee. South Carolina goes to Memorial Gym, where Vanderbilt tries to pick up their third conference win of the year, not likely against the Gamecocks. Kentucky will be down at Exact Tech Arena, taking on the Gators. Georgia will be at the PMAC, taking on the LSU Tigers on Saturday afternoon. The Alabama Crimson Tide goes all the way to Mizzou Arena. This is an SEC Network game that starts at 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 T-Town time. 1.30 also Como time between the Crimson Tide and Mizzou. Arkansas will be at Reed Arena in College Station to visit the Texas A&M Aggies. And then the Egg Bowl renewed as Mississippi and Mississippi State get together at the Hump in Starkville. This is your nightcap on the SEC Network. Starts at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. Mississippi State with one more win can get to 20 wins on the season and just might be able to punch their ticket to the big dance with a 20 win in conference play mark and i know there's a lot of people thinking there's only going to be about four teams from the sec who do punch their march madness ticket and mississippi state needs all the wins they can possibly get here heading into this final weekend as well as next week when they all get together for the sec championship the tournament there in nashville now, the women are currently having their basketball championship at Bon Secure's Wellness Arena in Greenville, South Carolina. Great place there. They were there last year. I know they had that tournament there around 2004, and it's great to see this back in South Carolina this year. South Carolina's flagship university out of the SEC comes into Greenville with the number one seed. Donald Staley's team was perfect in SEC play. Now, looking at the standings for this tournament as it goes on, until Sunday, the championship is Sunday afternoon, televised on ESPN2. The first two games were held on Wednesday, and the 13-seed Auburn Tigers defeated the 12-seed Vanderbilt 77-67. And then the 11-seed Missouri defeated the 14-seed Mississippi 64-53. By the way, Mississippi did not win one single conference game all year and then they lost their first game in the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. A oh and roughly 17-year for that program. A, a program that's pretty pretty pathetic. Now, some people think that they've got a great recruiting class coming in. Not, it's not but one way up when you go over 17 or 18 or 19, however many games they play in SEC play. Now, what's on tap today in the SEC Women's Tournament? Georgia and Alabama get together in the first game of the day. That's followed by Auburn and Arkansas. Then Florida and LSU play this evening in the SEC Women's Tournament. And then Mizzou and Tennessee. Tennessee, the Vols come in as the sixth seed in the SEC Women's Tournament. 
Then you've got a couple of teams kind of sitting in the wings waiting on Friday as South Carolina is going to be taking on the one of the winners of one of the games, the Game 3 winner, which I think is Georgia-Alabama. Also playing on Friday, waiting in the wings, the Aggies of Texas A&M, Mississippi State's waiting, as well as Matthew Mitchell's Kentucky Wildcats. Again, the game's continuing on through Sunday. You've got semifinal action on Saturday, games televised on the ESPNU channel. And then on Sunday, again, on ESPN2, starting at 2 Eastern, 1 Central, it's the SEC Women's Basketball Championship from Greenville, South Carolina. Mississippi State, by the way, your defending champion of this tournament. And prior to MSU winning it, you had the home state South Carolina Gamecocks winning that tournament championship four straight years. Dawn Staley with a chance to maybe go back this time only an hour and a half up the road up Interstate, what is it, Interstate 26, and then it's Interstate 385 starts in Clinton, South Carolina, heads right into Greenville, and yes, she's got a chance to not travel too far from the rooster's nest, the, the roost in Columbia, and go up to, I call it enemy territory, not far from Clemson, and get another SEC Women's Tournament Championship for a very good South Carolina program, number one in the country, by the way the Lady Gamecocks. Now, let's talk a little football, if you don't mind. And this is not the best news for LSU football fans. Redshirt sophomore Dare Rosenthal, who is a front runner to start at left tackle for the Tigers this year, has left school for, quote, personal reasons, according to head coach Ed Orgeron, as Coach O announced this on Wednesday. The coach said that while Rosenthal will miss spring practice, he should be back in the summer. Orgeron said, we expect him to be back for summer and be ready to go. He said this while addressing reporters ahead of the start of spring practice, which begins for LSU on Saturday. Now, Rosenthal started three games for the Bayou Bengals in 2019, backing up Sadiq Charles uh, the rest of the time. And that is, again, a personnel thing going on there for the LSU Tigers. This guy looks like he may be back again for personal reasons, stepping away for spring ball. Sounds like a pretty good deal. How would you like to skip out spring ball and maybe even get your starting position right back when fall practice begins in early August. I think is when most of these teams are going to start playing and, and suiting up for the 2020 season. Ed Orgeron doesn't seem to be too worried about this great player there, the redshirt sophomore offensive tackle, Dare Rosenthal. Maybe we'll be back for the Bayou Bengals in a couple of months. Now, this weekend, it's the fourth weekend of college baseball, and we've got the lineup of all the SEC teams and their series going on this weekend. Kentucky and the Bradley Braves have a series. Georgia and UMass get together on the diamond. The undefeated, I think they're still undefeated, ranked number 20, Tennessee Vols and Wright State. If Tennessee's not undefeated, they've only got one loss thus far. A wonderful season there on Rocky Top thus far. Mississippi is going to go academic this weekend as Mike Bianco's team has the Princeton Tigers coming into Swayze Field. Beer showers and Ivy League. That's not exactly a a, a standard combination. The Jaguars of USA, South Alabama, will be going to the Ozarks. Bomb Stadium's got Arkansas and the Jags for a series this weekend. Lipscomb out of Nashville will be in T-Town for a series as the Lipscomb Bison and the Alabama Crimson Tide on the diamond there at Sewell Thomas, I believe is the name of the Alabama Baseball Stadium. Mizzou and the Leathernecks of Western Illinois get together 
together this weekend. Chicago State and Auburn have a series. Quinnipiac and Mississippi State get together. Cornell and South Carolina. Hey, that's another Ivy League school. Cornell, Big Red, and the Gamecocks of South Carolina at Founders Park in Columbia. The South Florida Bulls and the number one Florida Gators have a series on the diamond this weekend in Gainesville. UMass Lowell and LSU at alex box vanderbilt number two in the country is going to be all the way out in los angeles this weekend at the southern california college baseball classic and one of their games will be against the southern cal trojans usc and vu this weekend and then finally the real aggies with the with the real aggies Please stand. As Texas A&M, they're at Bluebell Park and College Station. They've got the New Mexico State Aggies traveling over from Las Cruces. And that's going to be this weekend there in 12th man land, in Aggie land. Aggies versus Aggies on the diamond. And that's what's happening here this fourth weekend. Next week, all SEC teams shift over to an SEC schedule. And we'll tell you all about it on next week's sec spotlight well that'll do it for this day's y'all show again thank you to brigadier general robert spaulding the third coming on in the previous segment talking about his brand new book stealth war we'll be right back here come friday for an all new y'all show getting you ready for the weekend until that time y'all have a great day now Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, 
you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.